Praise God. Oh, yes. There'll be a few more that come in. I'm sorry we're so low with this during this period, but we want to worship the Lord, and we are excited about it. We're so blessed that our friends at Christian Life Church and Christian Life College sent in one of their head guys to preach for us this morning, Pastor Daryl Merrill. Many of us that came through the Bible College and classes that we did offer here years ago, and his Book of Acts is one of the main ones that I remember really well. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. So we welcome you. He's wonderful. He's a speaker and goes around the world, actually, literally. So we are blessed. We are blessed to have him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up, everyone, as we prepare to worship. Father, we give you ourselves right now, then. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch each one. Touch each one of us. And we want to reach out to you and hear from you. So we love you, Lord God. We love you, and we give you our whole heart. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right.
want to bring your offering up. March up and make a point of telling the devil that he can't have your finances. He can't interfere in your lives. Use Lord of Lords and King of Kings, our God, our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There you go. There you go. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. up I'm sure yet so we all are so it's getting figured at figuring it all out but God is here God is here and we are blessed to have that and we're blessed to have our beloved friend and pastor Pastor Terry Merrill from Christian Life School Christian Life College uh, Kevin went there did I mention that earlier did I say that our son Kevin who is home with the Lord already in life but he went there and and Loved it. Was very, very close friends with Pastor Merrill's son. Yes, yes, yes. And I sat in some of his classes. Uh, and and I'll tell you what. Some of the sermons that you've heard have been come they're coming from those classes. And he specializes overseas in going to India. He spends what a month or two months. Twice a year. Years that he spent in in India and given them. So it's, it's such a blessing to have you. We welcome you. You just come on up if you would. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you this morning and that we can fellowship together. And I'm happy to see all of you out. I know uh, you've been coming regularly, but we have not been able to in the Chicago area to meet. Uh, so it's good to me to come back into a church where there's actually people and pews. We've just been streaming online. And this is the last Sunday to do that because next Sunday we are back in church at Christian Life Church. Hallelujah. Looking forward to it. And uh, in fact, today... We're going to do it online, and then an hour later, we have invited all the people in the church that want to, to drive to the parking lot, and we're going to serve communion to them in their cars. Communion Sunday, first of the month, we're going to have communion in the parking lot. Next Sunday, we'll be back in the sanctuary, so that's what's happening in our church, and it's good. It's just really good that everybody has stayed in touch, 
and we thank God. So I want to bring greetings to the church uh, this morning. I'm so happy that I'm here, that you had me come, because as Sister Penniman mentioned, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but for a while we had a uh, extension Bible college here at the church, uh, and we would come out, I think, once a week and teach. And uh, I think I taught the Book of Acts here, yes, right? Yes, did. And uh, other classes. I forget how many different semesters, but I remember driving out and I, one time, Brother Wayne, the dean of our college, and I rode together. I taught first hour, he taught the second hour, and I think he's going to come back and preach, I understand, uh, here. So we're just happy that we can be here and uh, fellowship together. How many are glad to be here today? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am very happy to be here today. Brings back memories. Uh, being with Brother Sister Penniman, thank you for your fellowship through the year. Brother Penniman was a member of the board of the Chicago, uh, Christ Life College for a number of years. He's been on the board. We've had fellowship together. I was looking forward to just coming and seeing you and then seeing some more people here. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Uh, some of you probably don't even know who I am, who's the old white-haired guy up there, but uh, that's the way it that's the way it goes, and uh, still praising the Lord. And, that's right. And as she said, I'm supposed to be in India this month, but this is not a good time to be flying. And the virus in India is worse than here. It's not as clean. And uh, so I was very happy that they canceled. I've been doing that for 25 years. I'm Chancellor of Central India Theological Seminary over there, as well as Christian Life College here. So that gives you an idea that... Uh, Evidently, I do do teaching since I'm in two colleges there and taught out here a number of years. And so it's good to just be back home with you folks again today. And uh, probably nobody remembers me from back then. I probably had black hair back then. What? Some do. Some do. Anybody remember me? Yeah. The guy in the back row does. Hallelujah. And over here, thank you. And it's good to be remembered. And... Uh, that's, that's good. Glad to come here today and bring you greetings from, most of you know, uh, Brother Harry Schmidt, who is president of Christian Life College. Um, he uh, does, raises these things. As I mentioned, the dean of college is going to come. And I understand in two weeks, my grandson is going to come and preach. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. His name's Luke. Right. Luke Merrill. And uh, he has an association with Rockford, because he married a girl from Rockford. He married the daughter of Pastor, what's his name? Rock Church. Uh, yeah, right, whatever that is. She, did, she changed her name to Merrill, so. That's right. Uh, the Catkins, that's who it is. I'm getting old, I can't remember names. But uh, she came to Bible College, and they uh, fell in love. And uh, a year ago, they got married. Praise God. June 1st. Uh, they're on their way back to Chicago. They've been away celebrating one year of marriage. And uh, so they'll be here in a couple weeks to preach. And uh, he is, you won't recognize him from me. He's six foot four, I think, now. Big guy, tall. Not big. He's very slim, but tall as can be. But I'll tell you, he is good. I've taken him two or three times with me to India, 
taught in a Bible school, preached to the church there. People love him. And it just is outgoing. You're going to have a great time when uh, we call him Pastor Luke. Her name is Hannah, uh, Hannah Kaki. Uh, she dropped the Kaki part and joined Merrill's. So uh, she's, they live, we live actually in the same building. Different apartments in the same building. But we haven't been able to have church services because uh, we weren't allowed to meet in our area. And um, it's going to be good for us to be back in the sanctuary again yeah. with the people there. So I, uh, coming back to auditorium, I just want to say welcome. It's good to be in sanctuary with people. Yes. I've been an empty... I preached here two weeks ago, and I wanted to be in the sanctuary. People get to feel worst sermon I ever felt making it through. I'm preaching, and not one soul is out there in our sanctuary. Just me preaching to seats. It wasn't easy for me. I like to see faces. So thank you for being here this morning. And uh, but it was good, and uh, I just thank you for all of that. So welcome. I'm glad I can be here with you. Uh, Sister Pennington, it brings back a lot of memories for me, too. There were weeks we drove every week out here and had a good week, good turnout of students come, and uh, it was great. I enjoyed it. Um, so welcome today. I think you probably know or realize that last Sunday was the day of Pentecost. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and... Uh, when Pentecost came, in Acts, the second chapter, that was the coming of the Holy Spirit, and that was the beginning of the church at that time. Start a message I'm going to read from Acts, the second chapter, reading from the New Living Translation, which I read in my devotions, I like it, of when the Holy Spirit came. I'm going to read Acts 2, 1 through 4 as a start for our message, and uh, thank God that uh, the Holy Spirit came church began on the day of Pentecost, and that's what we're celebrating this week. Uh, happened last Sunday, this week we've been celebrating that. Acts 2 reads, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared settled upon each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Or you're probably more familiar with King James at the end there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I think it's very interesting that when the day of Pentecost had come, it arrived at that at that day. It wasn't just any day. It was a day that God had chosen. The very word Pentecost has a prefix to it. P-E-N-T-E. I don't know if you know it or not, but Pente, P-E-N-T-E, is the word for the letter five. Five. If you remember in Washington, D.C., we have a five-sided building called the Pentagon. That's why it's called Pentagon, because there's five sides. Okay, how does that work with Pentecost? Because day of Pentecost was, uh, uh, the five was a five oh, 50 days after the Feast of Passover. It came 50 days later. Already probably can tell I'm a Bible teacher. Sorry about that. 
Yeah, I want to get excited, but I just want you to know that the day of Pentecost is 50 days after the Feast of Passover. And uh, those feast days are told about in Exodus 12 and Leviticus 23. Passover came on the night of their deliverance from Egypt after 400 years of bondage and slavery in Egypt. God delivered them, and that very night, the people were told to take a lamb. This is spiritual. There's a reason. Take a lamb and sacrifice it under the Lord. Then they were supposed to eat of that lamb because they were going to leave that night and start walking through the wilderness. He wouldn't even have strength to go. So they partook of the lamb as they sacrificed it. It gave its life. And, of course, Jews, they could not eat blood or anything with blood in it. So what did God say? Take the blood out of that lamb and put it on the doorpost of your house. The doorpost of your house put that blood on there. Because that night, the death angel was going to go through the land and the firstborn of every household would be slain. All of Egypt, who had kept God's people in bondage for 400 years, God took revenge. God took action and said, that's enough. And the firstborn was going to be slain except if they had worshipped God and put the blood on the doorpost. You know what God said? When I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where we get the word Passover. He would pass over. He would save them. They would be saved if the blood was applied. Just like we are under the blood when we come to Christ, we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and therefore we are not in bondage to sin we can bypass the judgment, hallelujah, and be righteous in the sight of God because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen? Amen? I'll tell you, that's a perfect picture and a type of our salvation. Because Jesus set us free from the bondage, the captivity of sin that we've been in all of our lives until we come to the blood of Jesus. Because See, the whole thing is a picture of our salvation as Jesus went to the cross, came to die for us. What did he do? He shed his life's blood. He died in our place. He took our place. He was our substitute. You know what the scripture says? The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Jesus had not sinned. He didn't have to die. He took our He became our substitute, went to the cross, and died for us so that we could live and have eternal life forever and forever. And that's the meaning of Passover. He died for us. He took our place. And when he came to this earth, when he came down to this earth, began his ministry here, John the Baptist was his forerunner. Paved the way for him to come. And when he saw Jesus walking to him as Jesus was coming up. He looked up and he cried out to all the people, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb. That's prophetic. How did he know that Jesus would be the Lamb? God had prepared the way. Just as the Lamb had to be killed because that was just a a substitute until the Lamb of God could come. 
God could see that, yes, the penalty of death was paid, but he was waiting for Jesus Christ to take away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. As he went to the cross. And so, as we see that, we understand that that was salvation. The, what you say, the Passover time. But, after that, we read in the Old Testament that the people then, from the day of Passover, are supposed to start counting seven weeks. Seven times seven, seven weeks, seven days a week, seven times seven, is 49, right? Seven times, I'm not that old, I still remember my name. Seven times seven is 40, uh, 49. And the next day is what? The 50th day. That Sunday, after the last Sabbath, seven weeks they counted, and that last day they, they went on to Sunday, and that's Pentecost. Fifty days. That's why it's called Pentecost. Because it was fifty days, and what happened? The Holy Spirit, I just read about in the book of Acts, descended that very day, and those people were there for the start of the church that day. I'm going to ask you, what was the purpose of Pentecost? In the Old Testament, what was the purpose of having that day count 50 days? See, it says in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when they had counted seven weeks, what are the next day? That was the day for the Holy Spirit to come, and Pentecost was a feast of harvest. And they gathered to thank God for harvest, that he had provided provided food for them and they glorified him and so God planned that out that the Holy Spirit would come on the festival of harvest and the church began that day with the harvest of souls Peter preached the very first sermon and 3,000 souls are added to the church the church began on the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit comes and that's what Pentecost really means. I'd like to read a few scriptures to you about the coming of the Holy Spirit, what it means to us. First one I want to read is in John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, or counselor, some versions say, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's in Acts 14. Next chapter, Acts 15. It says, when the counselor comes, Jesus said, whom I will send from my Father, the Spirit of truth, he will testify of me. Go to the next chapter, John 16. He says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going to go away, Jesus said. Unless I go away, the counselor cannot come unto you. The Holy Spirit can't come if I'm here. But if I go away, I'm going to send him back to the earth. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Notice what I read was from John 14, John 15, the next chapter, John 16, then it goes into John 17, he prayed, and the agony went to the cross, and that was the end of the gospel. And the next book is the book of Acts, and it says in the very first chapter, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, because at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given to them to be the witness for God. It also says in John 16, 13, but when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, 
He will guide you into all truth. He's going to lead us. See, the Holy Spirit has come because of Pentecost to the church. Holy Spirit has come to this church. The Holy Spirit has come to this life. The Holy Spirit can even fill us because the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. And this morning as we consider the coming of the Holy Spirit, I thought the Lord just laid a message in my heart. I want to give you for our message this morning what the Holy Spirit does in and through us when He comes. What, what's the message? The subject, I can give it a title for this. What the Holy Spirit does in and through us is what I want to share with this morning. I got a number of points I want to give. The first point where the Holy Spirit comes, it says He comes to help us. What the Holy Spirit do for us? He comes to help us. Especially when we get into a precarious situation, into a difficult time in our life. We have the Spirit of God dwelling with us. Hallelujah. That's the first blessing I wanted to mention of what the Spirit does in and through it, that He comes. And when we have a problem, when things are not going right, we have a comforter to be with us. Another translation translates that word counselor to tell us what to do. We have another translation says the encourager. He's there to encourage us. I read about one translation that said he's the advocate. The one who's going to take our place. The one who's going to represent us. And when we have things happen, even in Mark 13 it says, when we have a problem, things happen, and we do not know what to do. It says, you can ask, and the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. I want to give this today. This we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Got a thing happening in your life, something's coming to you, what do I do? Call upon Him, and the Comforter will comfort you. The counselor will give us advice. The helper will come and help us in that situation. If we even need an advocate, he will go to the Father, pray, and the Spirit will come and be the go-between from us. So the very first thing is the Holy Spirit comes to help us. Second thing I want to share this morning, second benefit is what in what the Spirit does and says. The counselor teaches us. He teaches, he reminds us of what we need to know. Bring things to our remembrance. Psalm 143.10 says, Teach me to do your will. You are my God. And then it goes on. It's back in the Psalms. Says, Teach me your way. You know what then it says? May your generous spirit. I like that phrase. The generous spirit will lead me forward on a firm foundation. We're not going to shift it away. When you have the Holy Spirit, He can put a foundation on you, give you direction, and lead you in the way you ought to go. New Testament, New Testament, full of verses like that. Let me give you a few of them. You already referred to Acts 1, 8, 3, the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 9, 31 says the church went forward with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can encourage us when we're down. When the believers in that early church, they didn't know what to do, and they asked for direction from the Lord in Acts 15. You know what it says? It's saying good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Holy Spirit gave them direction. Holy Spirit taught them what to do. 
God answered and said, it just seems good what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. That's what we want to do. Hallelujah. And we need to listen and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, God reveals things to us by His Spirit. Get in the Spirit mode. He can reveal. He can lead us. He can comfort us. He can give us direction where we need because the Spirit knows the mind of God. See, He knows what God wants done. And He can teach us these things, what we ought to do and what we need to do. That was my second point. He will teach us. Third thing I want to say, from the Spirit we receive power to be witnesses unto Him. What well, actually, what You receive power to be a witness. I'm not going to wait and ask people for comment because Susan could say, I'll never be a witness. I'm not, I can't witness. I can't talk. I don't know anything. I'm not a witness. You know what the real meaning of that is here? It means take our testimony wherever we go. The Holy Spirit will come for you to be a witness, for you to just tell. Just tell what you need to do. Just talk about what the Lord's done in your life. Share His goodness unto us. You know, I I really went into that word, and when we talk about something, even something that's not good, uh, sometimes it's called gossip. I laid this word, and if we're supposed to talk about what happened to us, Let's go out. I can't be a witness. How about just gossiping the gospel? Amen. Amen. Start gossiping the gospel. Now, if you think I just made that up for the day, I've been teaching the book backs how many years? And four, I, over 40 years ago, I've been pastoring where I am 40. Before I started pastoring where we are, I taught the book of Acts, and I used that phrase, go out. Fill the Spirit and gossip the gospel. You know what they did? They gave me a plaque that they made up on wood. It's on my shelf in my office. And it says, Acts 5, they went from house to house sharing the gospel. Then it says, they went out witnessing. They got, no, they went out gossiping the gospel. It got through to those people in that class 40 years ago. I hope it goes through to us today. If you're going to gossip, just gossip the gospel. Amen. 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 Be a witness. He said, well, that's, that's big and important. It's just gossiping the gospel. And I was talking about what happened to you. Just give a report Amen. on what God has done. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Yes. That we might just tell people what happened to us. And then leave it with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say, well, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to give them the... Uh, so, hey, just tell what happened to you. And let the Holy Spirit put it in your heart. Yes. Amen. Romans 8, 26 says, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't even know what God wants us to pray about, let alone what we should say to somebody about the Lord. So I would say just pray about it and leave the results with the Lord. Be a witness. Talk about the Lord. Talk about His saving power. Talk about your new life. Gossip the gospel and let Him work through you. Next thing I want to bring out, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have victory in our life. We saw the Holy Spirit can be with us when we got problems. The Holy Spirit can teach us. The Holy Spirit can, we can talk about witness for Him. 
but he can also give us victory in our life. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does in and through us. That means we can put to death the wrong things that don't belong in our life. Amen. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 2 says, The Spirit has freed you from sin. We're set free. Sin has no more dominion over us, it says in Romans 8. Free from sin. Did you notice what the name of the Spirit is? He is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy means without sin. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. I think we need victory in our lives. Victory to live for God. Victory over anything that's not pleasing to Him. The Holy Spirit needs to have His way in our life to make us holy like He is holy. Get rid of sin. Let's be with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants us to be. Amen? That He can have His way in our life to make us holy. To make us more like He is. To make us more godly that we can die to sin. Another verse I want to give you on victory is in Romans 8.37. In all these things it says, we are more than conquerors to him that love us. We try to get a life right with God. We've got to conquer this, that attitude, that sin. I've got to conquer that thing. He didn't say he wants us just to conquer things. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. More than just conquering. He wants you to live an abundant life filled with the Holy, filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit should be in us and we'll be like He is. Hallelujah. And we have victory. And that's the point of this one. We can have victory in our lives. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do. Another great thought I want to give you Number five of my points. Through the Spirit, we have been adopted. Hold the point. We've been adopted, put into God's family. Same chapter here, Romans 8, verse 15 says, You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful, not a fearful slave, but you have received a spirit of adoption, and now you can call him your father. Put us into his family, and we've got a new father. Hallelujah. The Spirit confirms that we are God's children because we've been adopted into a family, the family of God, and there is an adoption that took place. He took us out of one family and put us into his family. This leads us into a relationship. Yes. An intimate relationship with the Father. Instead of a relationship built on Fear and slavery. You know how many Christians are afraid of God? Mean God's going to hit me. He's going to get me. They're afraid of God. No. No longer are we associated with the devil. We have a heavenly father. We've been adopted into his family. Hallelujah. Put into his family and we are a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sixth thing I want to give you is the Spirit brings us life and freedom. I'm just giving things this morning that the Spirit does in and through us. One of the new things adopted into His family. Then He gives us life and freedom. I feel like saying hallelujah again. Let me give you two boys, two, two scriptures on this. The first one is a verse that 
shows he gives us life. And the next verse, go to one, that he gives us freedom in our new life. The verse for life is in Romans 8, verse 10. This or this. Christ lives within you. And the Spirit gives you life. Because you've been made right with God. Say, because you've been made right with God, you're in right standing, you've been adopted into His family, and so the Holy Spirit gives you new life. We have the Spirit living within us, and the Spirit gives us life. Therefore, the verse of freedom is in 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life, and there is freedom. Hallelujah. What a way to live. Amen. New life. Free in Him. We have a new Heavenly Father. Living that freedom from the ungodly life. Being in the family of the evil one. We've got a new family. And the next verse says the Spirit makes us more and more like Him. Yes. We are changed into His glorious image. Hallelujah. Yes. That's what I'm preaching this morning. The Spirit came in the day of Pentecost to revolutionize our lives, to do all these things, be with us in problems, teach us what to do, adopt us into a new family, give us victory, give us life, and, and all the things I'm telling you about, that we might come into those places. There is so much that I could say. I could probably come and begin to teach again for another 14 weeks on this, but I'm only here today. Lord. There's so much more that I can give you of what the Spirit does in and through us. But let me add one more before I close this morning. Found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where it says we have the fruit of the Spirit. I've been giving you all things the Spirit does, and one of the things He wants to do is produce fruit in us that we that the Holy Spirit can just come and work in our lives so we can be more like He is. Say, well, I can't do that with my own life. No, we need new fruit. And in Galatians 5.23 says, He will give us the fruit in a life. New fruit to walk in. you got a new Heavenly Father, a new family, been adopted into it, and the Holy Spirit gives us new life and new freedom in Him. And He also gives us the fruit. You say, well, what, what kind of fruit is that that He gives us? It goes right on. You have the fruit of the Spirit, which is, and you probably know what this is, which is love, joy. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Peace. We need peace today. world doesn't have it. We need peace. Long-suffering. So we can keep going. Gentleness. Just be soft and tender to the Holy Spirit. Goodness. Be good people. Meekness. Not proud meekness. And self-control. I think self-control... You know, I just thought I could preach a sermon on each one of those things. Winding up with self-control. We need self-control. We need the Spirit to control us. The Spirit's been given to us without measure. Let the Spirit. These things are available to us if we walk with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Those are just a few things this morning I want to share. I, I always could call them benefits that the Spirit's given us. And on Pentecost... This is Pentecost week. Let's, let's get acquainted with what the Spirit could do with us. Let's get acquainted. Let, let's see the benefits the Spirit has and begin to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. 
Amen. Be what God wants us to be. Move into that name and to that area. So just remember after my message this morning what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. That's my message today. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit guides and directs us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. That's why he's called the Comforter. He counsels us. That's why he's called the Counselor. He works with us or strives to make us into his image. He distributes these gifts to us. And there's so many more things that the Holy Spirit does. So I'll close by saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And on this Pentecost week, I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Hallelujah. I know when Sister Penniman came up, she said, come Holy Spirit. That's what I want to say in this message. Come Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, you know we've been having our services online. But we issued a prayer. And I want our people in our church to pray. It's only three words long. See, I can't remember all those long prayers. I'm giving one with three words in it. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. As we shared that with our congregation, we took time just to wait on the Lord and fill us with His Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Remind me of a little chorus we used to sing. I don't know if you know it here or not, but it goes like this. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Yes, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your fullness. Come in your own gentle way. Would you stand with me? Let's just stand, can you? Uh, and let's sing it again. How many of you know? How many of you know that? Anybody know that? You know that old chord? It's an old one. But let's, it's so simple. Just sing along with me. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come here. Come in thy strength and your power. Come your own gentle way. Yes, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come your own gentle way. Hallelujah, Lord. We need you, Lord. Come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Bless us, O Lord, I pray. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray it this morning. Come, sweet Spirit. Take our lives. Oh, adopt us. Put us into your relationship. Give rid of the old life, the old family. Help us, Lord, to share what you've done for us. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord, that I could be here this morning and share these thoughts. I pray they'll live in us as we think of Pentecost and what it means that you have blessed us with the coming of the Holy Spirit to fill us 
and be with us. Amen. Let me just give you a benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. Amen. Amen.